0: Hi guys, welcome to our second podcast, and today we're going to talk about recovery, Um, and recovery can mean many things, like it's not just recovering from your workouts, it's how you function on a day-to-day basis, how your energy levels are, how you're sleeping, what you're eating, you know, so it's so many different components to it, and we have kind of broken it down to our four main components, which is sleep, nutrition, stress, and muscle recovery. So these four components are the main components for recovery and today we're going to dive into them and hopefully help you understand how you can achieve optimal recovery going forward. So let's dive into the first component which is sleep and we've talked about sleep so many times already in our previous videos and we cannot emphasize how important it is because people sometimes really sacrifice it and think that, yeah, I'll just sleep less because I want to do more things at night, you know, I want to watch this TV show, I want to... Um, you know, watch this movie that just came out or I want to do, you know, something that just wants... Like, I can't do it in the in the daytime, so I'm going to do it at night, you know, that kind of thing. So you're going to sacrifice your sleep for that. And we hear that quite often. We've also been guilty of doing this in the past because sometimes we don't get enough time in the day. So we kind of try to pile it up at night uh, in doing things that we want to. But we have told you that sleep is the most important thing in terms of your recovery and today we're going to again talk a little bit about it and I'm sure you're sick of hearing about sleep from us but we're going to keep talking about it until you sleep properly. So the optimal amount of sleep that you should be getting every day is seven to eight hours and that is I would say kind of like non-negotiable. Seven, seven hours is non-negotiable. You have to be getting seven hours every day. Now you cannot tell me you cannot get 7 hours. I mean unless you're like a a mom that just gave birth to kids, you know your kids are like under a year old, you know I understand that you have to wake up throughout the night. Uh or you're a new parent, you know it doesn't have to be moms, it could be dads also. I have to wake up in the middle of the night to take care of the kids. Then I understand, you know your sleep is going to get broken. But if you are someone who I know if you if you have like a, a very stressful work um life where you have to constantly work hours and hours at night as well then yeah it might make sense sometimes you might have to sacrifice but if you're just like a normal human being you know your day gets done at like seven eight and then you're just spending the last four four or five hours of your night just doing nothing and just on your phone and watching tv you know then i'm not sure if you're really spending the time properly because i think sleep you should be emphasizing sleep you should be going to bed early what we do recommend is that you should get to bed before 12 because you before 12 you are able to actually um, get through that physical reparation of your body so from 10 a.m sorry 10 p.m to 2 a.m is when you can actually physically repair your body that's how your body physically repairs its muscles and everything from 2 a.m to 6 a.m it's when your body goes through a more mental reparation so I think sometimes when people wake up, um, mentally they might be fine, but physically they might feel tired. It's because they're probably missing out on that important sleep cycle from 10 to 2. Most people go to bed after 12, as you know. some at 1, and that's very normal in Hong Kong. Um, it's really hard to find people going to bed around 10, 9.30 um, because there's so much to do. And Hong Kong is a fast-paced city, and you know it, we understand the problems that you have, but if you can actually try to do that, that would make a big difference in your life. And the next thing we want to talk about is the quality of sleep. So the quality of sleep is, again, very important. You can sleep eight hours, no problem. But if it's, uninter- if it's interrupted and you're waking up constantly throughout the night, that's not really eight hours, is it? What you can do is, first thing, have a dark room, pitch dark room. you got to get those um, curtains that are completely pitch dark that block off all light. Uh, any light that's coming in from, from outside. So that's the first thing you can actually change in your room is getting those uh, pitch-dark curtains. Um, secondly, you don't want any sound at night, obviously. Um, if your wife or your husband snores, kick them out. Um, that's one thing you can do. And I'm kidding. Don't do that. Otherwise, a husbands can't do that because you'll be sleeping on the couch for the rest of your life. Um, but no light coming in, definitely. Again, that helps with the curtains. And if you can actually shut your door close. Um, that will actually help as well and sometimes light from the phones can affect you as well so if you can put your phone on airplane mode that will be perfect because you don't want any interruptions you don't want people calling you at night they can wait till tomorrow they don't have to call you at night and they don't have to interrupt your sleep so if you can actually fix this that will be important um, another thing you can do is if you have time you can actually take naps throughout the day or just once a day um, People like Napoleon, uh, Alexander the Great, uh, they led big armies back in the days. You know, they were known for winning a lot of battles. They were known to actually nap before battles. And there's actually a lot of research behind this, but it actually helped them revitalize the energy, helped help them give them a clearer mind, and it just shows you the importance of sleep because, I mean, Such famous people back in the days, they used to nap. And a lot of athletes also do that. They tend to nap before their games just to give them that burst of energy before their workouts or before their matches. Uh, Athletes like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant are very well known to nap at least an hour or two before their big game at night. And usually they play at night. So if you can actually add in naps to uh, your day, that would help you. Um, Meditation is actually known to help you with your sleep quality. So there's research that says that if you meditate twice a day for 20, 30 minutes, you can actually sleep 30 minutes or an hour less because your your body understands how to shut off its brain and how to just be still in the moment without thinking too much. Um, so these things can actually help you. If you're, if you're someone who doesn't or who is not able to sleep much at night, then I would actually recommend you to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes, just so that you can make up for that lack of sleep by clearing your mind throughout the day. So the second component we wanna go into is stress. And again, we've made videos about this in the past, but stress is something that most people don't really care about. They uh, they think it's a normal part of their life. Uh, it is quite normal in Hong Kong to see everyone stressed out with their, um, with their sleep, or not with their sleep, but with their work, Um, And there's many different types of stresses, you know, there's um, physical, mental, emotional, nutritional, environmental. But we're only going to talk about physical and mental today because I feel like this is what correlates to recovery uh, more than the other ones. Um, But in Hong Kong, in a city like Hong Kong, it's very normal to feel stressed. Um, That's just the work pressure we have. That's just the city pressure. It's a concrete jungle. So there's not much nature around unless you're living in the outskirts, like you know, like Lantau or um, Sai Kung, and all these little areas uh, on this on the outside of uh, the city. Then you will have some some type of peace. But if you're, if you're living in the city, like in the middle of the city, then it's really tough for you to actually de-stress because there's so much happening uh, around you all the time that you don't really get time to be by yourself, and you don't really get time to um, you know be in nature it's, it's just hectic fast-paced you know go to work come back um, and start it over again the next day so that's very very normal in hong kong uh there's also financial pressure because it's an expensive city uh you have to obviously try to make your rent and you have to fund your lifestyle in a way that you're not really going paycheck to paycheck and i think that's very very normal in hong kong to go from paycheck to paycheck so that's a lot of stress as well there there's family stress as well. I mean, living in a small apartment with so many people, it does, it, it can contribute to that stress as well. Um, putting your kid through school, putting your um, kids through different types of courses and classes, again, adds on to the financial pressure. And then there's incidents happening around you all the time um, that could also cause some uh, mental stress to you. So these are all forms of stresses that you're probably be dealing with on a daily basis. Um, and how do you de-stress from that? And that's, that's the question we all have, you know. What stress actually does is it raises your cortisol level. So cortisol is a stress hormone. Now, what stress this stress hormone does is it actually controls your sleep and wake cycle. Uh, it manages how you use your carbs, your proteins, and your fat, and how it digests it. It also, you know, kind of helps you with the inflammation around your body. However, if you're constantly stressed and you have a very stressed lifestyle, you will tend to put on a lot of fat around your belly, which is kind of the biggest indicator of... Belly fat is basically the biggest indicator of how much cortisol you're holding, like how stressed you are. There's a thing called the CEO syndrome. And if you look at some CEOs uh, who run big companies, they actually have a very big gut, a very big tummy. Um, And, you know, there's a... Saying in the fitness industry that this is called the CEO syndrome. It's because of all the stress that they have to deal with every day, and you know, combined with like a shitty lifestyle and no time to work out, and you know, eating shitty food, it all piles up onto the tummy. Um, so you can probably see that they—they're not—they're not actually quite—they're not that big, you know. Physically, their arms are quite okay, their legs are okay, but it's just their gut that's hanging out from their from their belt. That's a very normal CEO syndrome. So cortisol is actually something we need to start to control. And um, it's why that, like, let me explain this in a better term. If you actually go on vacation, um, you will realize that you sometimes tend to become leaner. You might actually reduce some body fat. And this is because there's not much stress on a vacation, right? when stress levels are down, you actually tend to look leaner, right? That's just, it's a, that's just how our body works. But you might put on weight. That's because you're probably eating shit, right? In the vacation, you let yourself go, you're going to eat whatever you want. But what I would recommend you next time you go on vacation is actually control what you're eating and try to work out. You will actually feel like you're getting leaner. And it's a mystery, right? Like you're, you're probably wondering how oh, I'm still eating kind of like a little shit, but How would that work? Well, that's what cortisol does. You know, if you have too much cortisol built up, you're probably gonna just gain it onto your belly. So try that next time you go on a vacation, like on a cruise or something, you might feel the difference, right? So that's what cortisol does. Um, So we need to find a way to manage cortisol. Um, Once you manage, once you win the the war of cortisol, you actually tend to lose fat very easily. Um, So one thing, again, we talked about it earlier in the sleep, component. The first thing that I would recommend is meditation. Now, meditation will help you to de-stress anytime, anywhere. Now, meditation doesn't need you to actually just be in a, in a like, you know, you don't have to be in a room and, you know, by yourself and just be there for 20 minutes and sit still. Like, that's one form of it. There's many forms of meditation. But some people also tend to meditate throughout the day, you know, just by shutting off your brain, you know, coming back from work, Uh, Letting go of your phone and just being by yourself, that's one way to meditate. Um, Listening to some um, music that helps you calm down. You know, listening to some sounds of nature. There's actually a lot of things like that on YouTube. You can actually put on some uh, raindrops falling or, you know, just sounds of nature or waterfall. That helps you de-stress because it calms your mind down. So that's also one way to meditate. Now, when people hear about meditation, they're always like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to sit still for... um, 20 minutes i i can't do that it's like okay that's fine but there's different ways to meditate like how are you going to de-stress that's one way to do it Um, another one would be being in nature Uh, nature is literally the antidote to anything like it's it's the natural healer like it's mother earth anything we need is in nature any diseases any illness that we have the answer is in nature And if you can actually go to nature, you know, go for a walk, um, sit by the trees, um, what else, Uh, just get some fresh air, get some sunlight even for 15, 20 minutes, I guarantee you, you will feel much better. And that is basically what you need to de-stress. Staying at home on your phone, you know, in an apartment uh, made of concrete, it's just actually going to add on to the pressure, add on to the stress. So if you can actually just take 10 15 minutes out of your day at night to just go for a walk in nature that will help you immensely and that's all you need but the thing is are you willing to do it like you don't if you if you actually get get rid of that laziness to get, just get out of your house that will make your life so much better you know sometimes we think oh I'm tired I want to just lie down but actually you're not tired you're just mentally tired right physically you're probably not you know, just had, you've, just, you've just sat down on your table, on your desk for nine hours. You're not physically tired. You're just mentally and emotionally tired. So what you need is some physical activity to get you to moving, get you to be in nature, or even get a small workout in. That will help you clear your mind and that will help you feel better. So these are some things that you can do to de-stress. Um, again, this also is part of recovery because recovery is not just physical, it's also mental. So let's go into our third component, which is nutrition. And now nutrition is one of the most important. I would say it's 70% of the whole thing um, when it comes to recovering from workouts and seeing results. A lot of people are not eating enough throughout the day. And what I mean by not eating enough is not just calories. I think people consume more than enough calories in terms of their lifestyle. Like, Let's say if you're eating processed foods and um, unhealthy foods, the calories are going to just bump up because they are... There's a lot of calories in these foods. What I mean by not eating enough is you're not eating enough nutrients in your daily life. Now, what I mean by nutrients is micronutrients—your vitamin A's, B's, C's, D's—you know, your uh, um, your zincs, your magnesiums, your all these little, little nutrients that your body needs to constantly balance itself out. Um, in today's world, we're overfed and undernourished, and that is an issue, right? You know, We're overfed with foods that we don't need and we're undernourished with nutrients that we need. Like, we need some of these essential nutrients, but the thing is, we don't get them because our diet sucks. So, what you actually need is a good combination of carbs and protein. Um, now, carbs doesn't mean processed carbs, right? It can be your rice, it can be your oatmeal, it can be Your sweet potatoes, your quinoa, your fruits, these are all like good sources of carbs um, that you can actually add into your diet after workouts. Um, Proteins is a non-negotiable. You know, you need your lentils, your chicken, your fish, your eggs, uh, your Greek yogurts, your cottage cheese, your eggs. All these are non-negotiable. This has to be in every meal. Okay, one of them has to be in every meal. Because protein is what's going to help you recover and rebuild your muscle tissue. Now, if you're not doing that, it's going to be hard for your muscles to recover from an intense workout. Because what workouts do, especially when you're lifting weights, is that it breaks down the muscle. So once you break down the muscle for too long, your body needs repairing, and protein is a repairing um, nutrient that a macronutrient that your body needs. If you're not providing it enough, your muscles will not recover, and also your muscles will not grow. So you're to, you're just going to be going in an endless cycle of lifting weights. Um, eating not ena- eating enough protein and then going back to lifting the same weight again, and you're just stuck there because your body's not growing, and that's where you get disheartened. That's where you get more stressed out. Uh, that's so that's something you need to change right away. is eating more protein with your carbs um, after workouts, especially. You definitely need carbs, all right? Um, depending on what stage you are in with your fat loss and whatnot, but um, if you're just a regular person just looking to be healthier and looking to recover. I would recommend to actually just have carbs after workout now you need to make sure that you're fueling your body with the right nutrients as well so what i mean by that is let's say if you had a ferrari now if you had a ferrari you won't give it cheap fuel or cheap repairing right you would probably want to give it the most premium fuel and the most premium repairing if it needs repairing Because if you give Ferrari cheap fuel and cheap repairing, it's gonna function below its capacity, below its standards. So you gotta think of your body as that as well, right? Is your body a Ferrari or is your body just a regular car um, on the streets? Okay, you you, you can give your regular car some cheap food and some cheap drinks, it will still go like it's supposed to, but it's not gonna be as fast or as strong as the cars that are next to you or as the elite cars. So you need to make a decision. Uh, is your body a Ferrari or is it an average car? So if it's, a, if it's a Ferrari, so you need to start giving it premium feel. What I mean by that is you need to give it some quality nutrients, some quality um, drinks, you know, a lot of water, all these things. They have to be of full quality, right? There's a rule that we always recommend, which is eighty twenty. So if your food is 80% healthy and 20% unhealthy, that's fine. But if it's the other way around, then we're gonna have problems. So make sure your nutrition is on point in terms of recovery because that is one of the most important things and it goes hand in hand with sleep, right? If you're not if you're not eating properly, you're not gonna sleep properly. I guarantee you that. Secondly, if you're not if you're very stressed, you're not gonna eat properly. So if you can see where we are all linking these chains together with all three. You know, if one is doing well, the other might not be doing well, you know. If one is not doing well, the other won't be doing well. So you have to have all the pillars set at 80% capacity, at least. right? If one is at 10% and the other one's at 80 it's not going to work out for too long. So make sure your nutrition's on point. Um, and I think we always emphasize on nutrition as being the 70% driver or 80% driver of the whole system. You can work out as much as you want, but if you're not eating well, you're definitely not going to see any results. So let's go into our last component. And I'm sorry this podcast has been a long one, but you know, there's a lot of information to provide. So I hope you listen, I will hope you have listened so far to this point because muscle recovery and how to recover from your intense workouts is again, the most important part um, of actually, um, well, I've been saying everything is the most important, but this is also as important as everything else. So muscle soreness, it's something that we always come across a lot of people Use muscle soreness as an indicator of how intense their workout was. And that is the wrong way to gouge how intense your workout was. Because a lot of people have come up to us and they've said that, hey, I'm not feeling sore. Did we do something yesterday? Did we do something right yesterday? Or was I, you know, or did we not lift enough weights? Or, you know, or was the session easy yesterday because I'm not feeling any soreness. So that's the wrong way to indicate how good your session was because soreness can be many things it could be for example if you are doing a workout for four weeks and you're not getting sore then you change it on the fifth week to a different workout and you get sore that is one indicator of soreness because soreness can come from a different a change in workout um, variation it could come from a change in exercise variation. So let's say if you're doing wide, if you're doing wide squats generally and then you suddenly change into a narrow squat, like a cyclist squat, then you will feel some soreness because it's something your body is not used to. Also, lifting heavier weights than normal can also provide some soreness. Um, So there's many different indicators of how soreness actually arises in your body, but it's definitely not the indicator on how good your session was. So please stop gouging that. Uh, that way. Um, Also, bigger muscles like your legs um, will stay sore for a longer period of time because they generally need more time to recover. Um, So don't be alarmed by it that your legs are taking three, four days to recover. It's not injured. Okay, don't tell me your legs is injured just because you're feeling some pain on it. Right, it's just muscle soreness. Right? Unless you, can, you can't physically walk and your knees are hurting, like the joints are hurting, then, okay, there might be some type of pain. But generally, it's just soreness. And I think we, most of our clients are experienced enough in lifting that they understand that now. Uh, so it's good, it's good to see that. Um, but how you can release these soreness, there's many different ways. So firstly, SMR is so a self-myofascial release. So this means using a foam roller using a massage stick okay using like a tennis ball or like a golf ball just to dig into those tight muscles so that's one way you can do it like especially the day after the session let's say you've done legs on thursday friday i would recommend you to do some type of releasing because you need it all right if you just stay inactive it's going to get worse right that's how your muscles work you need to get some blood flow into them you need to move around you need to go for walks you need to do something to help it p- or push some blood, pump some blood into it. Uh, so foam rollers, massage sticks are one of the most important ones. You definitely, if, you're, if you are serious about lifting weights and progressing in your fitness journey, you need to buy a foam roller. That's like a non-negotiable. Um, so just buy it. Um, target the main muscles, which is your quads, your hip flexors, your glutes, and then your upper back so these are the main muscles that you want to be rolling uh, most of the times, because these are the muscles that generally get the most sore, and they're the easiest to roll. So muscles like your chest, you know, your um, what else, like your lats, can be a little harder to dig into. So that's why you might need like a ball, like a tennis ball or a golf ball, to dig into them. But it's painful, you know, releasing muscle soreness. is painful, but you have to do it. Okay, that's how you will progress. The second part would be, well, the second recommendation would be a sports massage. Um, Going for a sports sports massage once or twice a month can be very beneficial. It will help you recover. It will help you feel better. It will help you de-stress the physical stress in your body. And especially if it's a good masseuse, they're going to help you really release these muscles effectively. I would recommend going like once or twice a month especially if you're very serious about your fitness journey and you need to recover and you need to, if you and if you want to constantly progress, you need to do it on a regular basis. The third thing I would recommend is a mobility slash stretching series. And there's many different stretches and mobility circuits that you can do. Again, it's just to get the body flowing, um, get the blood flowing, because like we said, being inactive will actually make it worse and, and make it more sore. Uh, so loosen up the joints and the muscles, uh, make sure... You're doing some mobility just to open up those tight muscles and tight joints, and that will just help you move more freely. So this is, again, very, very important in terms of your muscle recovery. Um, A lot of people use, like, ice baths and all these things. They are also beneficial, but I don't think you need it because you're not an athlete. Unless you're an athlete, then it makes sense. Um, But, yeah, if you can start doing these muscle recoveries, it will be great. Even getting, like, let's say if you have worked out Monday, Tuesday, Okay, Monday, in, uh, let's say our boot camp, we usually work out Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then Friday, you can spend on just doing some mobility work or going for walks, you know, or going for a little run just to get some blood pumping into your body, right? You don't have to do an intense workout every day because that's not how it works, okay? Doing an intense workout every day does not mean you lose more fat. You need to get that out of your mind, firstly. Uh, you need to make sure that your workouts are quality, right? Make the most out of the time that you have in that workout and there'll be more than enough. Okay, We don't work out every day as well as trainers. We only work out three, four, five times, or maybe even three, four times a week, depending on our schedule. So we wouldn't recommend you to work out every day because you're just going to constantly stress your body out. And the more stress you have, like we talked about in the stress section, it's going to become harder for you to de-stress and it's going to be harder for you to lose fat because you're going to just store it on your belly. I hope all these four components have helped you understand what recovery actually looks like. And like I said, recovery usually when you hear about it, it's all about just recovering from a workout. But there's so many different ways, so many different things that you can recover from. So it all dials down to these four components, in our opinion. And these are the most four. Well, these are the most important components that you need to take care of. There's obviously other components as well, but once you take care of these four. Um, On a consistent basis then we can go into the more detailed ones in the future but this is the most natural way to recover okay you don't need any gimmicks you don't need steroids and all that stuff to recover from it Uh, this is the most natural way Um, obviously there are supplements that you can also take to help facilitate it but let's focus on the natural first let's take care of these things and let us know um, if you have applied it or when are you going to apply it because like I said, we want you guys to take ownership of your fitness. You, we don't want you to always rely on trainers to constantly tell you what to do and how to do it. We want you to also research. We want you to also you know, take ownership, responsibility of where you are in your fitness journey, what you need to do, what you need to control. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly relying on us. And the last thing we want is a reliance on trainers because, like I said, we want, and we always talk about this in Adrenaline Fitness, we want you guys to be self-sufficient. Uh, in your journey, in everything you do. So the more you know, the more you learn, the better it is. Okay, like we always talk about our motto for adrenaline fitness, learn, apply, and transform. So if you can do that on a regular basis, learn from us, apply these things into your lifestyle, you know, mix and match, change whatever you need to, then you can transform yourself on a daily basis. And transformation doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. But the steps that requires to transform yourself happens every day. So if you can take care of these four steps on a daily basis, yes, there might be some days that you might not be able to take care of them, but at least three out of two out of four pillars are always intact every day, then you're fine. Then trust me, you will see changes in no time. So I hope this uh, podcast helps you. If you want more podcasts like this, you can always reach out to us, tell us what topic you would want us to talk about. And we'll be more than happy because we love talking about this and this is our passion in terms of providing knowledge to you guys and helping you all become better humans and sustaining this fitness lifestyle. So see you around and have a good festive period.